sometimes you gotta think like a lady. 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 And act like a boss. Welcome to Think Like a Lady. You can follow us on Twitter at thinklikealady underscore or on Facebook at thinklikealady podcast, as well as on Instagram at thinklikealady underscore podcast. We're available to listen to on all the major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or just ask Amazon Alexa. Welcome back to Think Like a Lady. This is a froze. And this is Dua. Just to recap, Think Like a Lady is a podcast that aims to bridge intersectional feminism in Muslim women. Last time, we talked about signs to look out for in toxic men while in the courting or dating phase of your relationship. Today, we're going to talk about the cosmetics, beauty, and makeup industry in fashion. So, Dua... I have some stats here that I think might kind of shock you. Okay, go on. Shock me then. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you may not know this, but majority of fashion and beauty and just, you know, the cosmetics industry in general is owned by men. Okay. Did you know that? No, actually, I didn't and- know that. Did you know that? So... I knew that. And here's here's a one fascinating fact. I remember a couple of years back, I learned that um, Victoria's Secret wasn't made for women. Mm-hmm. It was made for men. It was made, the structure was, is that men would walk into a Victoria's Secret shop and buy whatever they wanted for like their significant other. Mm-hmm. And it was you know, uh, it was curated by men. And till this day, the CEO of Victoria's Secret is a guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's not just that. So according to the U.S. Consumer Expenditure Survey, a survey that was conducted from 2015 to 2016, Mm -hmm. women outspent men in purchases related to beauty, fashion, and media. But despite this fact, most high-level decision makers in these industries are men. I mean, I I don't think it's so wrong that it was meant, like Victoria's Secret was meant specifically for men because... I don't find that to be so wrong. It's like, I don't think that there's anything wrong for a guy to like buy his wife some lingerie. I don't think anything's wrong with that. On its face, I I would agree with you that it doesn't seem wrong. But I think when you go deeper into it, you kind of see why that's an issue. According to the Ledbetter Gender Equality Index, the beauty industry has an average of just 29% female leadership across brands and executive teams. And fashion averages about... 20%. 20%. So beauty, 29%. Fashion, uh, 27%. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of articles on the internet. There is another study, this time it was conducted by the New York Times, where they surveyed all the brands at all the fashion weeks. So there's like New York Fashion Week, Paris Fashion Week, and other fashion weeks that I don't know about. Okay. But they found that only 14% of major brands are run by female executives. It's weird because majority of the consumer market is women. And the reason why I find this to be concerning is because, yes, on its face, I would agree with you, man walking into Victoria's Secret to buy his wife, whatever, is not a concerning thing. 
Um, what is concerning is is that when it's so expansive like this across the board, like systemic wide, it's male dominated. What that tells me mm-hmm. is that beauty standards are being dictated by men. Right. You know what would be interesting to find out would be um, what's the percentage of women in the kind of upper level management for male focused institutions or or companies or whatever you know for example brands that cater specifically to men you know what i mean to men do you do you know what i'm saying because it's like for what for women catered organizations like you said or not organizations but companies they're catered for women right um and they're predominantly owned by men so it'd be interesting to know if the male companies are also predominantly owned by men you know which i'm sure they are but i'm just saying to like have those stats and to be able to say like well the majority of male and female catering uh, companies that cater to these genres or whatever um, are both predominantly owned by men actually shows a lot, don't you think? Right. And I do think that's the case because in, uh, you know, like the tech industry, there's not like a gender that you're catering to, right? It's predominantly men. Right. Um, You know, all kinds of industries. It's across the board. So, I mean... If we want to talk about the film industry, the executives are mostly men. You know, producers are mostly men. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about, I don't know, the furniture industry, I guarantee you it'll be mostly men, interior design and all this stuff. Um, and so, I mean, that's just across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just find it even more in- interesting for an industry that's geared towards women, even that is dictated by men. And I always say to my friends that the best way to measure patriarchy, like the best metric is in the economy. Like it's hard to make assessments socially, but you can tell when most industries are dominated by men and then also the pink tax, Mm -hmm. like a pink razor is like $2 more than a male razor, right? But it's literally the exact same thing. Things like Viagra are covered by health insurance, but birth control is not. In these small little things that we, you don't, you wouldn't think are big issues, but they're systemic wide. You know, the reason why I have a problem with this is because what's happening here is because men are defining beauty standards through marketing ads, what have you. Women are having to conform to what they find attractive, what they think looks good, right? Right. If there was perhaps a scenario where women controlled things, kind of like what rihanna is doing right right she doesn't put unrealistic uh looking people in her ads she puts a diversity of people in her ads like she has overweight people she has people of all shapes and sizes different colors different you know hairstyles what have you what that does is is that that makes men meet you you don't go and meet men Mm -hmm. that that means is that you're kind of ingraining in their heads is this is what you should find to be acceptable and attractive, not the other way around. Yeah, but I mean, you can't force someone to be attracted to something that they're not. I mean, me and you have actually spoke about our types, right, with each other before, like off of this podcast. But it's like, you know, you the same way that I can't tell you to be attracted to like a specific, you know, I don't know, hair color or something that you're not naturally attracted to. That was a really bad example, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and it's the same thing. It's like, you can't force me to. So I feel like it's not fair to be like, oh, you have to accept everyone. It's like, well, we don't even, as women, we don't even accept everyone. So why would we put that standard onto men? Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, no, no, because I'm talking about it. it's not forcing, it's influencing. That's what it is, right? 
Um, like, so I'll give you an example. They did surveys back in the 50s. And what men found to be most attractive back then was like the Marilyn Monroe body type. Where there she was, yeah. you know. Cur- cur- and she had some meat on her. And she yeah. had some meat on her. Today, the standard is different. So this is about influencing, not forcing. Right? It's all very subliminal. You're not forcing men to find, you know, a certain type of woman attractive. You're influencing them, right? Based on what they constantly see on the grid of their Instagram feed or... But what's interesting actually is that I can't say that all men like, you know, that supermodel body type because that's not even true. It's like there are plenty of guys that I know that are more interested in women with curves or even women with like, you know, bigger breasts or whatever. So and when you look on these, you know, runways or or, you know, in these magazines or covers of these magazines or whatever, you see models Mm -hmm. like Kendall Jenner or whatever who are who are paper thin. They don't have curves on them. So I can't say that that it's so influential. I mean, you're attracted to Mm -hmm. who you're attracted to, whether you see that sprawled all over the cover of a magazine or not. Don't you think? I think it influences you to a great degree. I do think that because, um, for example, Pew Research Center, they did, I'm going to cite two studies here, right? One study said is that if you grow up in a homogenous society, like let's say you grow up in Norway and everyone around you is white, Mm -hmm. and the only examples of beauty that are shown to you are white people, you're going to find only white people to be attractive. And this kind of like explains the phenomenon of why most people are attracted to their own race preferentially first. It's not always the case, but um, they ex- it explains that phenomenon. The other thing is it's become unrealistic to a point where they, when they did the survey, the second survey that I'm citing here, more and more men find extremely thin women attractive, which is concerning because that wasn't the survey didn't find that like, you know, a couple of decades ago. And, you know, this uh research institute has been around for like i think a century or so what's interesting is now it's become unrealistic and there was i think his name is dr hatton basically what he said was in order for a woman to have boobs she has to have some meat on her right or to have a butt but in order for a woman to be skinny well now you've compromised having boobs and a butt it's unrealistic in the sense is that now they want the best of both worlds. They want a very skinny woman that has a chest and a behind. Mm -hmm. And that's not achievable. Like biologically, like it's a rarity that you'll find someone who has naturally both characteristics. And that has a lot to do with influence from the cosmetic industry. Generally, it's you can't say that there's not a diversity of men preferring one thing or a different thing. What you can say is that there has been a shift towards leaner, thinner woman and not the acceptable kind of thin either. It's the one that's not common right. at all. The average size in the United States alone is size like 14 or something. Even overseas, like the average size is not like zero or two or or even like a three or four. Mm-hmm. It's weird because the extreme is like at the way at the bottom of the scale. Basically, what it's saying is this research study is saying is there's been an overall shift of what is preferred. And I think that shift happened because of men. It's men who are putting these ads out mm-hmm. of women who are exceptionally thin. And I think people have this distorted concept because they constantly see thin women on TV or in magazines that they must be so common. 
that they're everywhere. In probably your personal life, there's not like a majority of women that are there. Uh, to be honest with you, I think it does depend on where you're living. Just within the states alone, it's like you've got states like, um, you know, some states are known to be more healthy than others, I guess. But then also, you know, countries, it's like if you go to Asia, like even like China or something, it's like predominantly smaller, like their build is smaller. So I guess it just depends on where you live in the world, right? right? I Mm -hmm. mean, that's really what it boils down to. But at the end of the day, I do agree with you that if these industries are predominantly owned by men, then they're obviously overall dictating, you know, what is viewed as beautiful. And what's interesting Mm -hmm. is that um you know you've got these these young girls who and i've talked about this before but it's like you've got these young girls who look up to these models for beauty i remember i had a friend who she was she was from california she was born and raised in california she grew up in like one of those you know i don't know wealthier neighborhoods where you know she went to school with like the kids of you know uh movie stars and whatever and i remember she was telling me that she was like um in my high school it was so common for the girls to be either anorexic or bulimic because even if you had a little bit of weight like you know you were viewed as fat and you were made fun of and you know whatever and then it messes with you i mean psychologically dude we you know me meeting this girl we were in our mid-20s at that point you know it's like i could tell like she had issues with eating like it was a problem um and it was something that was instilled in her at a very very young age which is extremely damaging i agree with you depending on where you are um like in los angeles i live in california right so they're everywhere Uh, california has its own culture it has its hollywood culture where only in California have I ever seen a woman running on a treadmill and she has a boob job. Like, I see that all the time here. Mm -hmm. You know, when I used to go to the gym in Texas, I didn't see that, (laughs) like, at all. And, like, nobody looked fake to me. They all looked like natural people. Nobody looked like they had anything done. Cosmetic Mm -hmm. surgery is just rampant out here in California. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. The culture varies state by state. You have... You know, Texas is a lot fatter than California, but California has a lot more, you know, higher rates of cosmetic surgery being done. And it actually doesn't even have to be so, so extreme of surgery. It could just be like, you know, something really small, like the the lip fillers or like Botox. I mean, those things aren't huge procedures. They're they're very quick. It's just like a couple of needle shots, right? Um, injections. It's, it's interesting because those are something that just kind of blew up over the years, right? Um, especially the lip fillers. That was something that, you know, I don't even know five years ago it wasn't something that you saw rampantly everywhere but now um you travel to different parts of the world like South America um Europe uh you know Russia I mean wherever you go I mean women have lip fillers Mm -hmm. you know and people even travel to different countries to get these lip fillers like even cheaper or you know whatever Mm -hmm. it is so it's interesting because what is the reason why these women are getting these things done that's the real question I want to understand it's like are you getting this done because you and I don't mean like surface level I mean internally like subconsciously even maybe it's like are you getting this done because you have been having issues with this particular part of your body or nose job whatever particular part of your body where you want it to be corrected for your own confidence or are you getting this done because you think that this is attractive to men and you're doing this because you want more men to be looking at you and then it goes and then if that's the case then it goes into what we 
we've been talking about that concept of, you know, having to cater to what men find attractive in this kind of a society, like a, you know, man-ruled society, which isn't fair at all. No, for sure, because all of it is so subliminal, right? Like, I had a friend, she, uh, she was a natural brunette, right? And then she told me that her boyfriend really wants her to dye her hair blonde. And I was like, do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she didn't do it. And then finally she did it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, you gave in. And then he's like, right. you know, just the happiest guy ever. Cause she yeah, because I was going to say, I mean, there are plenty of times where, you know, you're with someone. I mean, with my ex-husband, like, he would tell me things that he wanted me to do. And I would tell him things that I wanted him to do. Like, for example, like, I like facial hair on a guy. I think that it's very attractive. I don't like when a guy is clean shaven. So, you know, I would tell my like ex-husband when we were together I would tell him like I want you to grow your facial hair out unfortunately he never cared about what I wanted so he never really did it but you know when he wanted me to do something it was like the end of the world when I didn't listen to him but I mean that's just my personal experience I don't actually think that when people are asking the other their significant other to do something that like they're attracted to I don't think there's anything wrong with that I think that it's okay because at the end of the day this is somebody that I mean you're gonna be spending your life with them and you should be attracted to them if you're if they're doing things or they're losing their I mean look or what you know whatever it may be like for example maybe you're getting older and this person is starting to get gray hair and you're saying to them listen you know I'm not so attracted to gray hair can you please color your hair I don't find anything wrong with that because in order for you to keep that spark alive you know you have to keep take care of yourself and 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 this person has to take care of theirs themselves and you guys have to you know continue to be attracted to each other if that makes any sense so I think that it's okay but I think that there is a fine line now if this guy is saying to you okay I want you to color your hair that's one story but if he's saying to you I want you to get a boob job because I like big tits that is a completely different story I've heard this myself and I've been offended by hearing it like no I'm not gonna get my boobs done for you i'm not gonna get my boobs done for anyone because what is the purpose of me doing this for you like there are health issues that could be associated with this you know if you're too skinny and you get bigger breasts and you get them too big then you can start to have back issues i mean it's not common but there's the possibility of the implants you know the implants like they're they're like silicone implants rupturing rupturing, exactly and why would i do this for you if the situation was flipped I don't see a man doing the same thing for a woman. I just don't see it. Right. And a lot of times it doesn't happen that way. Going back to the blonde hair situation, I think that one kind of made me feel a little bit like not settled by it is because uh, she really didn't want to because she really liked her brunette hair. She thought it looked very good on her and he just thought different. And I said, if you have the choice between doing what you think makes you look good versus what you think your man thinks what looks good on you, do what you want to do. No, I don't know. I can't say I fully agree with you because there are going to be times where you want this person to do something and maybe they don't want to. Like uh, that example with me and my ex-husband, right? He thought that clean shaven, he was like the most attractive thing on the planet. And I don't like clean shaven men. I think that they should be like a little, they should have that like kind of rugged, I don't know, hair look, I guess 
for lack of a better explanation. I don't know how to describe it. But anyway, mm-hmm. and he refused. And that was something that was that it upset me that he would refuse to do that. It, it hurt me because it's like, who are you trying to attract? I'm your wife. Why are you not trying to attract me to you? Why are who you think that you look so good for other women? Like, who are you? Who are you trying to impress? So I, I can't say I, I agree with you on that. If this person wants something as simple. I mean, you're talking about a hair color, dude. That could be changed whenever you can dye your hair whenever. If this person wants you to wear a certain style of clothes that maybe you're not familiar with it's like that's not something that's big because you can literally change what you're wearing the very next day you know or that evening or whatever you can change your outfit whenever these things are not big what i think is big is when somebody is telling you to make a change that Mm -hmm. is permanent you know like long-term permanent well i mean i guess i can kind of see it both ways though you know, I don't see it just one way. I can see myself be like, hmm, you know, I I find a little bit of a rugged look attractive. I wish he did this. The most I can do is, add, you know, just tell him, hey, this is what I find attractive. If he really doesn't want to do it, then I can't control that. But another, I know, I think I told you this story a while ago, is I had a friend, right? She and her husband, they were very much so in love. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, she got pregnant. She had a kid. Mm-hmm. And it was a very complicated pregnancy for her. Like she developed a condition called preeclampsia and mm-hmm. she d- developed gestational It's like diabetes. water weight, isn't it? It's like you gain water weight. I'm not quite sure what it is. And she also uh, developed gestational diabetes and now she's like permanently pre-diabetic. Oh, wow. So, and the problem with that is when you're pre-diabetic, it's, it's extremely hard to lose weight, even if you're doing everything right. Hmm. And so she gained a whole bunch of weight after the pregnancy and immediately she hit the gym. She started eating right, but it wasn't coming off. Mm-hmm. You're in a state of insulin insulin resistance. And when that happens, your body just refuses to shed the pounds, no matter how hard you try. And the husband straight up told her, like, I just can't find you attractive now. And she wasn't even all that fat. Like, she just... She just looked a little bit chubby to me, but she was still very beautiful. But, you know, after like back and forth, like he would pressure her. You need to work harder on the gy- at the gym. Like may- you're doing it wrong. Th- these are the workouts you should be doing. She took workouts from her husband and tried to do that. It was barely budging the scale. And this is her just like venting to me. Mm-hmm. And I saw her workout all the time because, you know, she would post it on Snapchat and social mm-hmm. media. And then eventually the arguments just escalated and he just... He just filed for divorce. He was like, I'm sorry, I can't be married to someone I'm not attracted to anymore. And I'm just thinking like, wow, like this woman had your kid, developed a disease because of it. And because of that disease, she's struggling to lose weight. And you just throw down an ax on the divorce because you can't find her attractive anymore. Like to me, that was so heartbreaking to hear yeah, that, that story. It's pretty it's rough. pretty rough. Yeah. And Going back to, you know, you talking about, you know, you're going to get older and all this stuff. I think to myself, we're all going to age and we're going to wither and we're going to wrinkle and our hair is going to turn gray. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our spouses are going to be aging with us. So at what point do we decide that perhaps our love for each other should immensely outweigh our physical attraction Mm -hmm. for each other? Yeah, you're right. I mean, the story that you gave with this guy, it's like, it it is possible. I mean, there's many factors. You don't know. Like, there could have been other factors for why he left her. Like, if he was no longer attracted to her, and maybe he met somebody else and he was talking to somebody else, and the real reason behind leaving her was was because he had already met somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying we don't know the full story, right? But, um, 
which I'm not saying that that's good. Obviously, that would actually be worse. But um, anyway, my point is, is that like you said it yourself, it's like society kind of instills this idealistic of what a woman should be like or what a woman should look like. I mean, you've got models like Heidi Klum, who I'm a huge fan of. I love her. I think she's gorgeous. She's got like five kids by Seal, I think four or five kids. And she still looks amazing. And she's in her, I think, 60s now or something. And she's got a body like a rock star. And these kinds of women who are in the modeling industry, in the fashion industry, in the film industry, whatever, and they are able to pop out kids because they have trainers and they have personal trainers that work with them. They're rich enough. Individually, exactly. Like they have the means to be able to make their body look however they want it to look. And then you compare that, you know, men are comparing that to their own women at home. Their middle class wife. (laughs) It's unrealistic. It's unrealistic because it's like, well, if you want her to look a certain way, then maybe you need to spend some time and some money on it yourself. You know, we should get a guy on this show and like get their opinion, you know, on what their thoughts on like how they view those things. Because I'm curious to know, it's like, do you think that like we're... uh, I don't know, inhuman? Like, do you think that we, you know, what you see now in your 20s, in your early 20s, how this girl looks in her early 20s is how she's going to look her whole life because that's not how it works, you know? So it's curious to know what their perspective on it would be. Um, It's like the Leonardo DiCaprio effect where they make fun of him that he doesn't date women over 25. (laughs) Like, <laughs> but he himself but, is like um, take a look at him you know it's like i mean he I, I can't say he's not a good looking guy for his age and stuff but um he obviously doesn't look the same like yeah exactly he's like <laughs> yeah. he's like dad status it's like he's he doesn't look the same as he did when he was in his 20s and nobody gives him like shit for that here's the thing here's the issue that, that i have men who expect their wives to look their best all the time first of all they're gonna age anyways just like you are But two, the amount of maintenance it takes for a woman to look good for a guy is not comparable to what it it takes for a guy to look good for a girl. First of all, biology already works against us. You know, when you have a kid, your body is going to want you to gain weight Mm -hmm. after a kid Mm -hmm. because, you know, milk production and all of that stuff and childbearing hips and whatnot. Like, just take a biology class and you'll learn it. Then women are... Our metabolism is programmed to put. Yeah, on. exactly, and there are reasons for that, right? It's like it's it's you have to be a certain weight in order to carry a baby health, like you know, be able to provide for the baby and give the baby sustenance, and also then there's the breastfeeding. So I mean, there obviously there's reasons for it, right? And you know, biologically, men are programmed to have very efficient muscles because you know, if we're gonna get primitive here, like during the mesopotamia era men were hunters and gatherers they needed to have specific body type to run fast and throw a spear at a moving animal (laughs) so (laughs) their bodies are programmed to you know they can easily lose weight a woman can put in the same amount of effort and not and she won't easily lose weight because her biology is programmed to put on weight to gear her up to have kids right when that's not translating to men then that's where you have like this disconnect of like what your biology wants you to find attractive and what you have been influenced or perverted into thinking what is attractive. And that and I blame that on the fashion industry and, you know, the cosmetic industry and the beauty industry. Because like I said, when Pew Research Center did that study and they said people like Marilyn Monroe were attractive, archaeologists, what they found is they found some statues made by, you know, some 
some men back in who lived like 2,000, 3,000 years ago. I don't know. And the women were voluptuous and they were kind of heavy set, right? Because mm-hmm. back then, that's what they found attractive because that's what biology was telling them. This is what you should be attracted to because that type of woman is will more easily give you a child, right? Yeah, exactly. But now that's changed. You've diver- diverted from biology of what your brain has programmed you to find attractive and you've kind of started... Uh, listening to you know i don't know vogue magazine and gq and whatnot Mm -hmm. yeah and it's interesting because actually women who are underweight uh, have issues like they you know sometimes they have issues with their period that's the case then they're gonna have issues getting pregnant underweight women have issues with sustaining like um you know full like uh, for the baby to develop in a healthy manner you know, I know plenty of girls that when they were pregnant because they were so underweight, you know, were told like, uh, you're so underweight, like the baby's not going to be healthy. Like, you know, you need to develop a nutritional plan in order to assist you. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of women who are underweight also struggle with these kinds of health issues as well. So it's it's interesting that you're kind of messing with the biology then too, right? Because I mean, biologically, we're meant to bear children. You know what I'm saying? So if you have society telling you, well, you need to be so skinny, and then you start having issues with the these natural systems that should be working a certain way based on how much fat you have in your body and how healthy you are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. At the end of the day, I I understand why overall there's um, women have a higher level of insecurity than men do because their appearances are not preyed upon so aggressively like women's are. Um, you know, I mean, it exists there for men. I don't deny that. Yeah. It's just not to such an extreme degree like it is with women. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure if you were a guy who was like chubby in high school growing up, that got to you. I'm sure that, that you know, I don't deny that. But, you know, when I talk to men or like when I'm getting to know them, I've asked this question before. I was like, do you have any insecurities? And they're like, mm, no. And women are always like, yeah, some, but I don't want to talk about it. You know, but that's anecdotal. So it could very well be the dude's just say, saying no because he wants to look much. It would be interesting to hear like a guy's perspective of whether he understands what a woman goes through. Like, because I feel like a lot of women think that men have it easier. I, I do think that they have it easier. Um, Just in general, I think that they do. But um, it's interesting to think if they to see like or to just I don't know maybe survey just random men and to understand if they understand how difficult women's lives are just in general like with everything it's like the beauty standards that are put on us the standards that are put on you like from society in general like the standards that are put on you from your parents all of these standards and then on top of that you've got like the world that is like preying on you there was the did you post that I was reading something if the, it was like, if there were no men in the world, what would you do? What would you do? If for one out, one day, 24 hours, there were no men in the world, what would you do? And obviously it was a question for women. I saw that and the comments were like, I wish I could walk alone outside. I would, you know. At night. Exactly. Yeah. I would walk alone at night with my headphones on without worrying about a man doing something to me. Right. You know, and it's like, I wonder if men even understand women deal with this regularly i remember i was reading like a reddit post where um you know someone posted this girl you know i asked her out she gave me her number but she gave me pizza hut's number and what she could have just said no a lot of women 
commented under his post and they were like, this is what happens when we reject a guy. This is like the visceral and rude reactions that we get. We're afraid to reject y'all. Yeah. Right? Where you guys will go off on us and call us a bitch and call us fat. Well, you were ugly anyways. And then we start getting harassed. We would rather give you a fake number pretending like we accept you asking us out rather than rejecting you because we don't know you. You're a stranger. We've already had way too many bad experiences. Yeah. Yeah. That's happened to me personally. Like I've said no. And immediately I was called a bitch. Yeah. And I was like. Yeah. No, it's happened to me as well. So. Yeah. I think to be honest with you, I bet that most women have experienced that. Like I'd say a good like 90% of females in the world have experienced that. Right. And so going back to that post, that just showed me that men really don't know what women are going through. I mean, we have this guy here complaining about you could have just rejected me. Like the fact that you went out and made a post about it shows me that maybe you wouldn't have behaved so cordially had you been rejected. Right. I wonder what he did when he called Pizza Hut. You think he was like, screw it, I'm just going to order some pizza. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) I would have loved to have heard that phone conversation. Like, who are you? What? Who are you calling for? Oh, hey, Brittany. Pizza Hut. We'll take your order. <laughs> Does Brittany work at this Pizza Hut? <laughs> no, Brittany works at Sephora, I remember. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, you're right. Brittany does. Shout out to Brittany at Sephora. (laughs) (laughs) No one knows what we're talking about. (laughs) It's cool. But Brittany at Sephora knows what we're talking about. That's funny. Um, Just going back to the, um, like, plastic surgery industry, these doctors that you have, like, they, they get to know you on a very personal level. Like, they get to understand you and, you know, certain things that you're going through, especially if they're, if it's, like, a process. Obviously, it's something that they have to map out. Like, it's a whole process, right? It's something that could take months, weeks, whatever. And so they get to know this patient. And I'm really curious how often they hear this story of, like, yeah, I'm doing this because my husband wants me to do it. Or I'm doing this because, you know, my fiancé or boyfriend or whatever wants me to get this done. The cause cosmetic industry especially cosmetic surgery is um that is the highest paid surgeon did you know that yeah i can imagine yeah like a heart surgeon doesn't get paid that much uh not a brain surgeon you know not a trauma surgeon we're talking about a plastic surgeon is the highest paid doctor worldwide because because their clients are well their clients are rich people that's why (laughs) yeah yeah of course no no it's true going back to plastic surgeons which are also majority male by the way (laughs) it's interesting because they're not allowed to have an ethical input on why or why not you're doing something like you can be a client just babbling away why you want to do something and they literally can't say anything i would be curious to hear these stories because i bet you that they're predominantly the female being like yeah i'm doing this for fill in the blank you know that's interesting because it's like they have like a happiness level like they ask you after surgery has happened and some time has passed for your surgical wounds and sutures and all that stuff to heal up And they ask you, I guess, like satisfaction to get an assessment. And that's how people determine if someone is a good surgeon based on how happy their clients are. And I'm just like, that is such an arbitrary metric because there are people who are never happy with themselves. I mean, there's something called a happiness index anyways. But in terms of this, I'm just thinking to myself. I think it's a slippery slope for anyone who, you know, if they find one thing they don't like about themselves and they fix it, 
their eyes are going to wander towards something else they don't like about themselves. I No, no, I agree. And actually, that tends to be like the case. I mean, you develop like an addiction for it, right? Because you start to notice. I've heard this many, many times um, where, you know, you start to notice other quote unquote flaws that you have that you think, oh, I can just correct this mm-hmm. with plastic surgery. And you've got a lot of especially I mean, take a look at a lot of celebrities like when they do one procedure, then over the years, they end up doing many, many other procedures. Right. So I agree with you on that. But personally. Personally, I know a lot of women who have gotten um, breast implants done. A friend of mine, she got her um, breast done shortly after she had gotten married. Mm -hmm. So they were like a newlywed couple. They were engaged for a year. Then they got married. After coming back from their like honeymoon, then she was already starting to find a plastic surgeon. And I I asked her like, oh, like why? Like I've never, I've known you for years. You've never mentioned wanting to get your breasts done and she was like no no no, my you know basically her new husband wanted her to get it done and it's interesting because they got divorced a couple years later and then the next guy that she was with didn't like her big breasts and he wanted her to get rid of them so she ended up getting rid of them then and it's like you cannot be so you have to be comfortable with yourself you cannot be going around every person that you meet they say that they don't like something about you and you're just gonna go change it like that's not a realistic way to live your life we as women need to like support each other in that confidence of knowing that listen like if you're happy with your small tits or you're happy with your big tits or whatever and this guy is coming in trying to tell you i mean anything it's not just tits like maybe somebody has an issue with their nose or they have an issue with their i don't know ears or their butt or whatever it is right it's like you know some guys coming into the picture and saying like i love you but you would be so much more pretty if you change this or blah 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 right it's like excuse me like the fact that he should he should be a shame to have even have said like to have even have allowed such words to come out of his mouth and his parents should be ashamed to have raised a boy that would speak like that to a woman i think we as females we should raise our friends up and raise our children our women up and to be confident in knowing that you know being confident in yourself because i think that if you got if you go out of your way to get plastic surgery done for yourself i think that that is totally different but if you're getting plastic surgery done for other people like what other people think of you for your Instagram photos for this for that then I completely 100% disagree with it and actually that's just from like morally I haven't even gotten into like the religious side of it from a religious perspective I 100% disagree with it because if you're taking a look at religion then we're not supposed to alter our body in any way shape or form we are supposed to accept the body that was given to us because this body was given to us on like a rental basis I didn't create this body you didn't create your body like none of us created our body it was given to us our soul is currently inside of it like a vessel we don't have the right to alter it how we want and so from a religious like perspective physically alter it exactly like permanently yeah, exactly talking about like makeup or like doing your eyebrows or elective elective meaning it's not necessary yeah that's not just plastic surgery that's also um like tattoos obviously muslims know that we can't be getting tattoos done also piercings i've heard that piercings are also not appropriate because you're causing harm to yourself right and we're not supposed to be causing harm to ourselves. we're not supposed to be altering anything that allah gave to us obviously it's a different story if it needs to be done for medical needs right like for example if you need to get your nose redone because to open the airways or something like that uh, that's a completely different story i'm not talking about needing to get something done for medical purposes i was under the impression that um you can't make permanent bodily changes that are manifested 
the like you know absolute physical appearance like a tiny hole in the body is not something you can see and it's nor is it painful it's not something i really thought about like i don't know if that's like as much of an issue as people make it out to be but i could be wrong i don't know i'll I'll admit i'm not too familiar with this issue but going back to you know the cosmetic surgery stuff and relating it to um dyeing your hair blonde or whatever i think there's a fine line you know i think there's a fine line between you loving your spouse no matter what they look like right because your love should be immense enough that it kind of supersedes that and you loving your spouse knowing what they find attractive and you trying to like be attractive for them like i think you kind of just have to balance both if there's something about them that they can't help well you still you know find the beauty in them it's like if you love them enough you'll find the beauty in them no matter what and if they've changed themselves for you well i guess that's just a bonus right You know, and I know that sounds like complicated, but, you know, love is a very complicated emotion, right? I remember when I was growing up, my older brother was very light skinned, like white passing. And me being like a wheat toned girl, little girl, and they would tell him, oh, they would tell my mom, your son is so beautiful. And they would not say anything to me. So the hurt wasn't really in like what they said to me. It's what they didn't say is what was hurtful, right? Right. My mom was like, what doesn't matter? Like, I love you both the same. Like my love for you. And this is just like a basic level human love is that my love for you is immense enough that I find all my children to be very gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to love them any less just because of like, you know. um, And I think like, if we want to get romantic about it in terms of spouses, layer that on top of that human love. If, you, if you're romantically in love with your significant other, you would see past that. Yeah, you can prefer them to look a certain way, but you would see past that. I mean, I guess if you don't see past it, it's something that you should look for like initially. Like it should be what you're searching for in the beginning. It shouldn't be that you get with somebody and then you're with them and then you start telling them to change things about themselves. If blonde hair is what you want, then you should get with a blonde girl. I, I guess. I, I mean, I don't know. But I just want to get back to the Islamic stuff just because I think that that is important to, t- to talk about actually more in depth because this is an Islamic female podcast right so uh, what it says here i just want to read this to further understand the difference between what is permitted and what is forbidden so i'm talking about just like in in general cosmetic surgery or any type of alteration to the body says we'll quote the words of imam al-nawawi in his commentary on the hadith allah has cursed the women who make tattoos and the women who have done this the women who pluck facial hair the women who have done this and women who have widened the gap between their own or others teeth for the sake of beauty changing what allah has created and then and then it goes on into detailing that more but i'm just gonna skip down a bit it says there are cosmetic surgical procedures which are haram and are not considered to be excusable these are seen as tampering with the creation of allah for the sake of beauty examples include brush breast enlargement or reduction and procedures aimed at reversing the signs of aging such as facelifts the Islamic law is that these are not permitted because there is no urgent need or necessary for them necessity for them. Rather, the aim is to change and tamper with the creation of Allah for reasons of human vanity. Um, this is haram, and the one who does it is cursed because it involves two things mentioned in the Hadith, the pursuit of beauty and changing of what Allah has created. And then it goes into further 
kind of description and it's using different hadiths for it. This is from the Islamic Question and Answer website. It's islamicqa.info.com. They've got some pretty interesting information on that website if you've ever seen it or check it out. But anyway, there's not two sides of the coin. It's like a very definitive explanation i think right because then when you're looking at it from a religious perspective it's like no these are things that we simply can't do so it's interesting because my ex-husband has actually wanted me to get some stuff done for his own kind of selfish things breast implants was one of them and i straight up told him like no i'm not interested in that but it's interesting because it's like do men even realize that these things aren't permitted like i'm, I'm curious muslim men do they know it's not permitted or do they just care about themselves I think most of them just care about themselves. <laughs> I agree. I mean, you knew that these things weren't permitted, right? Like, this isn't new news to you? Or is it new news to you? It's not new news to me. I think uh, what... Uh, maybe I'm lacking context. I don't know. But I like everything contextualized. I, I don't... Personally, what I don't like to do is read one line and just take it at that. Well, I mean, there's plenty more, but obviously I can't read through them all right now. Right, right. No, we can't do it on, a, on an episode, of course. But, like, I have some questions, right? Like, where we can get rid of, like, hair in other places, but not on your eyebrows. Is the plucking the issue or just getting rid of hair the issue? Um... You know what I mean? So, I mean, we're talking about altering the body for physical uh, vanity. I've heard that plucking your uh, uh, eyebrows, I've actually heard this from a scholar who was in a lecture, and he was saying if plucking, like, if you're a woman who wants to pluck your eyebrows to look attractive for your husband, it would be considered a form of, like, something that you do with your daily routine of doing your makeup or whatever, then that can be allowed because you're, like you said, it's like we're supposed to keep other places hair like is supposed to be trimmed or what or or i don't know removed i guess just taken um, care of yeah yeah taken <laughs> care of <laughs> so um uh, he, this particular scholar that did that lecture i heard him say like in that particular case it's okay um you know if you're doing it for your spouse or whatever it's fine but i think i don't really think that the that is such a huge concern i actually think that the focus is tattoos and plastic surgery um, are bigger right because then you've got it's it's different because that's actually something being inserted into you right like the ink is being inserted mm -hmm. into like the deeper levels of your skin right so you're using a needle to change part right. there it's invasive right and where i feel like plucking your eyebrows is not invasive it's just like it'll grow back yeah exactly that so so that was the explanation of why it's not such a big deal if that makes any sense i mean you said it yourself it's like these are things that would come back like even if you shave them right or wax them or whatever at some point it's gonna start coming back so maybe maybe it's like the way that you deal with it right like uh, maybe laser surgery is not acceptable because that's a little bit more invasive i guess i, I don't know I, I don't really know the details on that i mean there's definitely a difference between you know plucking or shaving your eyebrows don't shave the whole thing off or a nose job or a breast augmentation there's definitely a difference yeah of course because you of know course. the thing that i'm opposed to is elective surgery you elected to do that there was it was not a necessity and i'm opposed to that in every regard and what i mean by not necessary is some people say well what about preventative surgery that's elective i'm like well no that's not elective that's preventative right like uh, i think angelina jolie had like a double mastectomy she chose to do that but she knew that she carried the baraka one gene which is for breast cancer and that's what what her mother died of going back to the original point we have mm -hmm. the cosmetic industry preying on women's insecurities as well so when you're this insecure 
you shouldn't be to a point where all your like you're so concerned about what your man finds attractive right in a way it could hollow out your personality if it gets really bad to me that's that's dangerous because you don't want a guy valuing you for your looks so much so that your personality becomes secondary to them right like your personality should supersede everything because when it supersedes everything when you grow old and wrinkly he'll still love you and you'll still love him because the love is what kept the bond together not the physical attraction. I agree. And I think when we're young, we're just so obsessed obsessed with the way we look. No, but I think that that's why, like, online, like, these online kind of apps to meet people, like, Muzzmatch and whatever, I, I don't think that they're so bad in the sense of, like, it gives you the opportunity to get to know someone, like, prior to actually meeting them. Even you have the option, like, as mm-hmm. as a male or even as a female, you have the option to not even allow your pictures to be visible. And then if this person's contacting you and you don't even have pi- pictures that are visible to them, then that shows that they're genuinely interested in the things that you've posted about yourself in your profile, you know? So I, I think, that, I mean, I personally think that that's a cool, I mean, that it's not to mm-hmm. say that those things are for everyone. Like, I'm not saying that everyone should go out and use those applications to meet someone, but my point is, is that it's like, yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. Looks are not everything. Just because you look good now doesn't mean that you're going to be looking good in, you know, 20, 30 years from now. I mean, not that I'm saying you're going to look bad, but <laughs> but we don't know, right? It's like, you know, we, we, we all age. Like going back to like men defining beauty standards, this is exactly what I mean. If Imagine what the world would be like if women owned the industry, the beauty industry, the cosmetics in- industry, all t- the fashion industry, all types of in- industries having to do with women. Like, what do you think what would happen if women ran things? Like, how would that psychology of men be played out here? I don't know about the men, but I think that if there, if the, if women ran things, then it would be less focused on like the man's sexual needs, right? Because that's what it is. Like you go to Victoria's Secret, you know, it's like all of these cute outfits, and us as females were like, oh my god, that's so cute, but it's not actually meant like. I don't need to fucking wear it, you know? Like, I'm not looking at myself. Who is it meant for? It's meant for the guy to be looking at you, right? So it's. It, I think that if a woman ran this industry, it would be less focused on, like, the man's sexual needs and then it would be more focused on, like, a woman feeling good about herself and empowering herself. Do, do you know what I mean? For sure. And I think that would influence men to... Respect women. Start to like what we like. Yeah, it would influence them to respect them. And then it would also influence them to start changing their perverted sense of what is attractive. Mm-hmm. You know, it would kind of go back to what's normal. Mm-hmm. You know, what biology programmed them to like. Yeah. You know, because if you have normal looking woman, women on those magazine covers, they're not going to have the unrealistic uh, preference of an extremely thin woman with large boobs and a butt. I'm sorry, those are that's a rare breed. They don't exist. Well, just not naturally, at least. And at the same time, I hate this too. It's just like, um, I've met men who are extremely critical of women's looks. And then they're like, oh, but I don't want a fake looking woman. I don't like fake. Like, And I'm just like, then what do you want? Because your beauty standards are, or your preference is of that of people that are fake. And, but then you don't like natural looking women. So we don't, like, what do you want? Mm -hmm. Like I said, if women ran things, men would be influenced to think a different way. I think they definitely would be because they didn't always used to think this way. So it's weird because it's like, I've seen this across the board where women are much more forgiving of men's looks 
but it's not the same way the other way around. I've personally gone into like I I mean my previous marriage was it wasn't a, like a love marriage. I wasn't I didn't marry him because I was in love with him. I married him for the religion. I've told you that story. That was the first episode that we did. But and actually I know. I know girls that are in relationships with men that they're not physically attracted to. They're only with these people mm-hmm. because of their personality and they you know they've fallen in love with this person not for their looks but because of their character. I've never heard that come out of a guy's mouth i even actually heard men tell me i cannot be with a woman that i'm not physically attracted to like it has to be to some extent it doesn't have to be that i think oh my god she's the most beautiful girl i've ever seen in my life but i have to be physically attracted to her to some extent in order to pursue something with her and i've heard that from many men like not not just like a one-off thing like i've heard this dozens upon dozens of times from men it's interesting you bring this up i do have a guy friend who's really close with me and um his now wife but when we had this conversation they were just engaged he was getting very offended when people were i guess kind of gossiping about them that he's a really good looking guy but but his fiance is like they're not in the same league like how did that happen he was very offended by that i mean a guy could easily take that as like a compliment like oh i'm very good looking but he didn't like the fact that people were talking about his fiance Mm. that way Uh And he found her to be attractive and he didn't care what anyone else thought. But he admitted that mental attraction was much more important because she was one of the smartest women that he knew from his words, not mine. He said, initially, I didn't find her attractive when we first met. But then through conversations, I realized how smart this woman was. And then as I was realizing that I'm mentally attracted to her, I'm noticing like things that I find physically attractive about her too that I wouldn't have noticed I was like I find her eyes really pretty and I find you know the texture of her hair and you know the way her lips look and all all of these things he was like I didn't just normally like he was like what most men do is like they skim you up and down take one look and they're like okay but he was like it's weird how this physical attraction manifested in me after I established a mental connection. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think that that's common for men. I think that's what women do. Women do that regularly. It's like we, for us, we want to have a mental connection first. And then, you know, obviously, whether we were physically attracted to them before or not, we can develop a physical attraction with that. But I feel like men, for that to happen for this guy, I don't feel like that's very common for men. I think is that inherently men can be just like women. It's that socially they're programmed to be not that way. You know what I mean? I think men are very much so capable of thinking the way women do, where they want to establish a mental connection first. They can find them attractive right when they meet them, or they can find them attractive as they get to know them. I think very much so it's possible. I think it's way within the margin of possibility. Like, I'm not kidding here. When you're constantly exposed to the structures of beauty in terms of how it's capitalized and you know, both the beauty industry and the media um, in your personal life and how, you know, your bros talk about it in in the locker room. You're being programmed in a way to put the looks on the pedestal first. I don't imagine a lot of dudes sitting around this happening so commonly. Hey, man, I met Jessica at the gym and her personality is the bomb. Like, 
that doesn't that doesn't happen yeah. you know <laughs> yeah you're completely right i've never i've i mean not that i'm participating in much like locker room talk amongst guys but i mean i've heard enough of it to know you know right they're kind of like you know influencing each other and enabling each other to have this kind of like mental preference of, of physique coming first I think it's all social programming. I don't think it's in, in inherently biological because studies have proven that men are just as emotional as women are and they get lonely just like us and they get just as depressed if they feel that someone's not deeply invested in who they are as a person or the other way around. They want to be in love with someone else, as, in, in love with someone as well. And I think that's why a lot of them just end up roaming around feeling depressed because it's just like you put physical attraction above all else like i just don't see someone being genuinely happy if that's the case you can't judge somebody for wanting what they want but yeah i agree with you that you can't judge an individual person you can judge how it's like the phenomenon that's programming them to think yeah it's like the system right it's like the you know social social system that's programming men to be this way i completely agree with you I agree with you completely and it's it's unfortunate because you know who's the one that's suffering from that it's the it's obviously women you know women's or women are at the hands of the system and suffering from it going back to like looking good for your spouse like I've seen this scenario play out where the guy just lets himself go oh god we're talking about like you know having a gut and you know eating like three cheese pizzas a day and like just letting himself go but the expectation is his wife has to be in tip-top shape. Oh, man. Like, that's not... I've experienced this. So... <laughs> I, Do tell. I feel, like, I feel like I've experienced all of these things that you list when you talk about, like, guys being an ass. <laughs> so I've experienced... My ex-husband, he... So when we first met, he used to go to the gym regularly. Um, I made it very clear to him, like, you know, certain things that were important to me in terms of health. He expressed to me that, like, he felt the same way in terms of, like, life's, like, the life, his lifestyle, like, you know, living a healthy lifestyle and whatever. Again, if you haven't heard this story, I implore you to watch episode one of our podcast because I do go into detail about my experience with my second ex-husband. But, um, anyway, he... After getting married, like almost immediately after getting married, it was like everything changed. Like slowly he started saying, you know, slowly he like was getting less and less interested in going to the gym. And then he started getting like making statements to me where he didn't want me going to the gym anymore. He started gaining weight and all of these things and don't get me wrong it's like you know obviously based on different things that you go through in your life like there are going to be times where you're not very healthy there are going to be times where I mean if you go through something very stressful or like grief or or anything it's like there are going to be times in your life where maybe yeah you're less healthy than other times in your life right and it was a culture thing for sure because him and his family members all said to me like it's known that when you get married then you gain like 20 pounds and I'm like uh i don't know i've never heard this before you know they think of it as like okay you gotta look good until you get married and once you're married then you know this you're stuck with this person the rest of your life so like you know you don't really have to look so good anymore because they're not going anywhere and i 100 percent disagree with that mindset he started gaining weight and yeah i mean it was something that 
bothered me, of course. I married him under the impression that he had like certain healthy lifestyle choices, which I then realized that he had lied to me about, just like he had lied to me about everything. But my point is, is that I do think it is important to keep yourself looking mm-hmm. good for your spouse. Don't I mean, don't you agree? It's yeah. like minusing the age part of it. It's like we're all going to age. We can't stop that. But, you know, we can choose to like, you know, continue to go to the gym and, you know, just be like have a healthy lifestyle. Right. I mean, even take away the healthy lifestyle for a second i think that women should be you know like looking good for their husband like putting makeup on at the same time i think that men should be looking good for their wives like they should be you know making sure that they're um you know keeping themselves clean shape or whatever it is like clean shaven or at least clean cut right Mm -hmm. sometimes that expectation just kind of like diminishes or whatever especially when kids come to the picture but i don't think that that's how it should be i think that people should encourage themselves to stay looking good for their spouse and their spouse should stay looking good for them because it's going to help to keep that um i don't know attraction or whatever i mean what's your your opinion on that I to guess. me i think the effort in it of itself is attractive not necessarily the results of the effort no, i disagree because somebody can say yeah i'm trying when clearly you see that they're not so well i'll tell you um, <laughs> I think I told you before that in the past I have dated an overweight person. Yeah, you've told me this story. And we're not talking about like overweight, like like a little overweight. We're talking about BMI is above 30. <laughs> and he would work out really hard because he was very insecure that I was like a, like I'm not skinny, but I'm a slender woman. And it's weird because uh, it really got to him and he tried really hard. And I would tell him, look, I think your effort is very attractive. Mm-hmm. Like that in it of like if you're worried that the results aren't happening right away or, you know, you're trying your best, your absolute best and it's just not, you know, happening for you. Um, I was like, I think it's attractive that you're doing this. And that made him feel really good. And I think for women, they should have some solace in that is that the effort and men need to understand this as well is that when someone's trying their absolute best and you don't take that into account and all you care about is results, you may be the person who's problematic here. You know what I mean? You may may be the person who's being so, um, basically the jerk in the relationship. And if you're that much of a jerk, like referencing the story of like the woman who was doing her absolute best to lose weight and she just wasn't getting results because she had a hormonal disease that prevents weight loss, insulin resistance, then you need to reevaluate why you married that person and if you should be married to anybody at all. Because if your priorities are not in order, like, then don't get married. Mm -hmm. Like, you marry somebody through thick and thin, even when they're trying their best and they don't look the way that you would prefer them to, you love them anyways, in my opinion. Like, we can't be so superficial. Like, it just, I don't know, it just bothers Mm -hmm. me. When I say when someone puts forth the effort, like, they're trying, dude. Like, they're actually trying. Your story, I think, is actually pretty interesting because, I mean, I think you should share it. It's like once he, once this individual ended up actually losing weight, then he was kind of an ass to you, which I find really interesting because then when the tables are not turned, but it's like when the situation has changed then he ends up being an ass the same way that people were rude to him. So I find that very hypocritical, but that's not the point of the story, is it? The point of the story is that I think it boils down to society. In a particular case like that, it's like, you know, society tells... 
people that like think that people who are struggling with their weight are like lazy or something so society believes this and then you know people are rude or disrespectful to people who aren't or not necessarily rude or disrespectful but maybe they just ignore them like maybe they don't get the same kind of attention and and it's society that really really kind of pushes for that and and again why is it it boils down to what we've been talking about this concept of the industries that have promoted this idealistic figure for a male and a female i mean i think it's predominantly for females right um but it also does the same for men you take a look at like you know these ads um you know i don't know abercrombie ads or hollister ads or you know whatever and you've got these like chiseled men with six packs to be able to look like that is not easy. I mean, for a guy, it's like, yes, they they have, a, you know, because of their testosterone, they're able to have defined muscles a lot uh, easier than women are. Absolutely. But to be able to get a definitive six packs, the six pack, the way that they have them on like magazines and stuff right. is not realistic. I mean, that's a lot of hard work at the gym and, and completely monitoring what you eat and stuff for the type of lifestyle that society has created in terms of, okay, working nine to five, you know, a lot of the times people don't have time to cook a lot of, you know, it's like stress at work. Then you come home stressed with the kids. It's like, it's not a realistic lifestyle to be able able to maintain a body like that you know even for men actually Mm -hmm. also you have to understand like industry does not care about biology but i'll give you an example when i say industry does not care about biology so if industry is telling you you gotta be thin to look good well you know what industry will ignore is the hormones it takes to lose weight they just simplify the equation eat well exercise and you'll lose the weight it's not that simple. Like, you know, and I'm my bachelor's is in nutrition. And I was shocked when I learned losing weight has a lot more to do with your hormone configuration than it does with what you're eating and doing. And this is like a pervasive problem. You got to restructure your metabolism to lose weight. That's why you hit plateaus. That's why you can't lose. Right. You know, if your thyroid is too high or if your cortisol is too high, if you have Hashimoto's disease, which is another thyroid disease, all of these things. You're, you're gonna have a hard time losing weight you have to have the perfect balance of hormones i mean we're talking we're talking about progesterone cortisol serotonin all of these like concoctions of different hormones at a, the perfect balance for your weight to come off and really the game is is trying to level them appropriately these hormones not necessarily what you're eating so it's like you could be doing everything right you could be eating right you can be exercising right and the weight still won't come off and this is an extremely common problem but will the beauty industry tell you that no the beauty industry will only tell you just exercise and eat right and then you will achieve the you know ideal female figure or the ideal male figure they're, they reject biology completely. So, I mean, that's basically my ending remarks. So, Dua, any words of wisdom? <laughs> um, I mean, this is a hard topic to have words of wisdom on. I mean, I, we talked about a number of things, actually. And and to be honest with you, you know, I like to take on the perspective from the, from the Islamic perspective. I think what's important is that I, I think jumping on the bandwagon for girls who you know think oh my god like all of my friends on instagram have these like voluptuous lips so i'm gonna go get lip fillers i mean it's not the way to go and how do we prevent this we prevent this by teaching our daughters that 
first of all, by looking at the role models that they have, if the type of chicks that you're daughter is looking up to as role models is like you know the kardashians or whatever they're going to be programmed into allowing society and these role models to tell them listen you're not pretty unless you have this kind of body you're not pretty unless you have these kinds of lips you know it's that's what promotes these girls to be constantly seeking approval from society and then of course when they get into a relationship or a marriage or you know engagement or whatever then when this guy is telling them oh you'd be so much prettier if you got this done they're going to jump on it and be like okay I'll get it done and like the story I talked about earlier with my friend who got her tits um, enlarged and then got them reduced based on what guys were telling her to do I mean you don't want your daughter going through that you know so what's the only way that we can prevent this is by making sure that our daughters and our friends and our mothers and everyone that every female in our life is given the appropriate amount of self-confidence and if they're not getting it from other places then you be that person you be that influence to give it to them you be that person that says you know you look beautiful if this person's telling you that you should get this surgery done or whatever like you don't need it just you know hype each other up like that's what it's not hype it's like encourage each other lift each other up you know be the female like encourager that you would want in your own life if that makes any sense you know go tell your friends like oh I I, you know I think your hair is so beautiful I be the person who does that in reality we're not constantly getting compliments all the time right we're not constantly getting things being told to us to make us confident if anything society is actually constantly throwing things in our face to make us feel self-conscious from an Islamic perspective I mean, we know that these are things that we shouldn't be doing anyway, but I think that if you're struggling with something internally, like how you, um, you know, don't like something, you feel self-conscious about a particular body part or whatever, this isn't a conversation you need to be having with a guy. This is not a conversation you need to be having with your family members or your friends. This is a conversation that you need to be having with Allah. You need to be having conversation with Allah and Allah has the ability to change anything overnight, you know, lack of self-confidence that you have inside of you can literally disappear overnight if Allah wants it to so this isn't a conversation that you should be having with random men oh what do you think of my nose or you know what do you think of my I don't know hair or whatever it is right you shouldn't be having these conversations with guys because they're not gonna they're not gonna help the problem they could potentially actually make it a million times worse right this is a conversation that you should be connecting to Allah about you know these well anytime that we have a problem like we we're struggling with a difficulty maybe it's a financial difficulty maybe it's an emotional difficulty maybe it's a I don't know grief or something whenever we're having some difficulty we ask Allah to help us it's the exact same thing if you're dealing with low confidence or self-consciousness or whatever have that conversation with Allah because he's literally the only entity in the entire universe that can change your situation and your mentality for how you view yourself that's my words of wisdom (laughs) well i think that was really really helpful so next episode we're going to be talking about the challenges women face in the workplace and you know particularly if you're a muslim woman or visibly muslim so thank you for joining us and we hope you are happy and healthy and stay safe out there assalamualaikum (laughs) walaikum assalam